That's right. High, high hopes. We continue to have those high, high hopes. And Mr. Levin, why do we play that song before every show? Or at least uh, have we? We always want high, high hopes. But I mean, last night, five home runs. And I think it was, was it five innings? That sounds about right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It was amazing that they banged out only seven hits and had seven <laughs> runs. But man, that was like batting practice. And you saw early on when Bryce came to the plate, and I was proud to say that I watched it again. My wife had to work, so I had both my kids there, and both my kids saw the Bryce home run again. Uh, I and was, it was better. I actually missed it. I saw the Bohm home run because I worked late last night. But uh, I, you know, I was doing the inner. We were doing the, I guess the Facebook. Uh, no, we were doing the the. Uh, the the messages going back and forth, and I guess Rich McKinnon was at the game last night. Yeah, sounded like it was. Uh, uh, just he's like, this place is gonna erupt. So it was uh, something special, something to behold. Again, we always say that these are the times to live, be present in these times. Don't look ahead to the off season. Don't look ahead to right. you know what could be coming. Let's enjoy this this ride because this is a ride none of us thought we would be here for, and we are now two games away from bringing a World Series championship to the great city of Philadelphia. Not to jump ahead, but I saw a number last night that teams that win game three in the World Series go on to win the World Series. I think it was 69% of the time. 63%, I think. Yeah, I saw uh, that. It was a little higher. But um, but I think tonight they're going to come out as exciting as last night was. Tonight will even be more exciting. Um, and it was cool to see Tim McGraw last night wearing, I think <laughs> he was wearing tugs old jersey number he was wearing 49 last night yeah, um, yeah. 45 tugger was 45 dude five, he was 45 jeff reardon was 45 actually you're right that's right um not yeah to date, not to ahead. date ourselves but isn't lance mccullers didn't lance mccullers jr's dad lance mccullers did he pitch for like the expos back in the 80s and 90s i'm pretty sure he did yeah. uh because <laughs> i had that exact same reaction as you just did so um I, I had that thought too. And, uh, but it was funny. Did you see the video? You probably didn't see it. Um, so there's video from, it's on Crossing Broad of the Phillies fans just totally trashing Lance McCullers. But it was like really funny. You know, it was like, hey, Reese Hopkins, Reese Hoskins, you had sex with your girlfriend twice in high school. And like, it was like, hey, hey, McCullers, what are you hiding in that lettuce of yours? You know? And then they saw um, they saw Valdez, Valdez right? Uh, Framber Valdez, the pitcher who pitched in game two, and they went off on him. What do you have in your hair? What kind of substances you hide in Valdez? It was just, it was, it was pretty PG. I mean, there were a couple of things that were a little off, but it was, it was pretty funny. And he was like, I haven't seen you. And they're just like warming up in the bullpen. And he's like, McCullers, he's like, you're not ready for this. He's like, I haven't seen you throw one strike yet. And, and uh, he's like, Bryce is going to hit you, you know, and it was just so funny to see that. But, you know, that is what the, the, the Phillies were wearing those shirts where it was 46,026. 
And, um, you know, this has really been an incredible home field advantage for the Phillies. Um, they haven't, they, I'm afraid to jinx them, but their record at home is unblemished. We'll just say that uh, throughout this playoff run. And um, they are just playing baseball out of their minds. And I mean, just even some of the defensive plays that they've been making, you know, I know you missed the beginning of the game, but first play of the game. First, an amazing grab again. First, first pitch of the game. Altuve drifts one out there and Castellanos gets on his horse, man, makes another almost identical sliding catch to the one he made in game one. And uh, man, it was just phenomenal. What a fun game to watch last night. And I can't imagine what it was like to be there. That game one is going to be, I think you're starting to realize how important game one was them getting that win because it is setting it up where they could, well, let's not jump ahead, but that they're so difficult to beat at home that let's see what happens tonight. Right. Wins tonight. Gets what they're wearing on Thursday night. The announcement came out today. They're going, the baby blues. They're wearing the baby blues. Oh man. To possibly clinch. Actually, I'd probably wear them tonight just so it's not so much pressure, but, uh, and from what I understood last night, they had like, did they have a, they had a, all these different Philly greats throwing out the first pitch last night? Well, I think it was uh, last night, it was all the Philadelphia greats who won a championship. So it was Bernie Perrant from hockey, Dr. J from hoops. It was Michael Jack from the Phils. I'm trying to get my hands in there. And then um, the last one was Brandon Graham from the Eagles. So that was cool. And then, uh... The, from what I heard, Maxie was at the game last night, yeah. and uh, I, I love this kid, man. I love Tyrese Maxie. To me right yeah. now, so I have a whole Sixers thing in my bathroom. I will be getting the Tyrese Maxie picture this week. I've got to get it in there. I just love how the city has all the different teams of, like, supposedly the, uh, I guess the Flyers went out of town for a game, and they were all wearing their Phillies gear on the train. I guess they had a game up in New York or Washington, and they were doing it. It's just so cool to see how the different teams are doing well. And, of course, the Union is in the the uh, soccer final coming next week. All these great things all happening at the same time in Philadelphia. You've got the Phillies going into game four tonight with all the momentum, all the momentum. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, the Astros are a great team. Well, you can make that argument that they were a great team last year and they ran into the bus saw the Atlanta Braves and, I guess if you get them down 2-1, that's a good place to be. They just got to keep going tonight. And, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I, I, I'm excited about tonight's game. I think this is the bender-break game tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree. I think that if the Phillies can get this, I'll feel real, real – I mean, listen, I'm, I'm fired up to be up 2-1, to one, but as any Philadelphia fan – not any. Uh, I'm sure there's some in Delco that don't maybe feel this way, but uh, I'm still like, hey, man, this is still a series. It's still the best team in baseball. Um, you know, they're one win away from from, uh, you know, getting home field advantage back. Right. So and we know how big of a deal that is. So the Phillies need to come out and look, our two best pitchers there. There's something going on with um, Zach Wheeler, unfortunately. I mean, they keep stretching him an extra day to give him as much rest as possible. Nola was hit pretty hard 
although he did rebound nicely in game one and came back and, and did get through some innings for us. But, you know, we need an, and his last two outings have been shaky. So uh, bad. I'll say that. So we need the ace Aaron Nola on the Hill tonight. And I think the, the exciting thing for us is because of the way that the game transpired yesterday, we still have, you know, Robbie T still has all his, bullets in the chamber for the relief pitchers. So, you know, he, he used um, a few guys yesterday, but Kyle Gibson, Nick Nelson, those guys aren't going to, you know, probably be seeing the the mound again, hopefully for the rest of the series, unless. Well, if you have them tonight, that means you're doing really well. Right, 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 right. right. I, I, think... I would have let Gibson just pitch the end of the game because. I thought that was smart what you said. Yeah. Because he would have put in three innings. You would have had everyone rested for today. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll they can still use Bilotti because I think he didn't go that long and um, no, nope. I think Brogdon didn't. Did Brogdon go more than an inning last night? Yeah, he did. They all went after Suarez and Ranger Suarez. I oh. mean, he got himself out of that. I mean, that was the closest to any trouble when when Altuve hit out. And, you know, they had two men on, but you know a lot of micromanaging in baseball would have taken him out of the game and they didn't. And he got out of the inning, he went five and Smoltzy was even praising him last night. John, what happened to John Smoltz? I mean, he's, he's certainly come around on this team. I mean, I, I find him rather annoying, but uh, kudos to the Fox broadcast last night, doing some great stuff with Philadelphia and, and everything. I know a lot of people have just, I mean, I'm not a fan of Fox. I just think that they've ruined baseball. Um, I just think NBC did great things with baseball, but, um, yeah, so, you know, it was nice to see a big poppy in Philly last night. Frank Thomas was in Philly and A-Rod A-Rod was in Philly. Fletcher Cox was at the game yesterday. Derek Jeter was at the game yesterday. That was pretty cool to see him. Um, it was, and, um, who's, uh, Justin Verlander's wife? Uh, 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 Upton. Yeah, Kate Upton. Kate Upton was there. And so, look, the Phillies now, 2-1. We have Houston. This, this is this is the scenario we wanted, you know? So we, ha- we have to take advantage of it. And we ha- Aaron Nola has to pitch his ass off because you know those bats for Houston. They were embarrassed. You know they're going to be coming back strong um, today. So that's – and, and uh, uh, Christian Javier pitches for the Astros tonight. So, um, the story on Christian Javier, he's a, he's a strikeout pitcher. He's pretty well so far in the, in the postseason. Uh, let's look at his regular season numbers. Yeah. ERA under three, about two and a half, two and a half, which is great. Um, 11 wins. Um, yeah, he's, he's 148 innings and 194 strikeouts. So he's going to be going for them. And then I assume, uh, for game five, they're going to bring back, Game five, they're going to bring back Justin Verlander. Right. Well, you know, hopefully at that point it'll be too late anyways. That's what you got to hope for. Yeah. I think the way that Thompson used uh, Suarez, I know some people said, oh, he should have kept going. He could have gone longer. But if you look at how Thompson's pitching this and using his pitchers, Suarez, it sets up. I did the math, and we all know I'm not great at math, but I did the math. And if he had to go game seven – he he would be our game seven pitcher because I think that would be five days exactly from last night to Sunday. 
So that would be, and then if you had to use them in game six in an emergency situation, similar to how uh, we closed out game one, you could, you could do that too. Cause you could bring him back on shorter, shorter rest. He couldn't start, but he could pitch in, in a situation. And um, you know, hopefully you we, we don't need him tomorrow and hopefully the uh, pen will be rested. And I mean, can you imagine if this time tomorrow we're talking about, could this be uh we're on the brink of a uh, World Series title in Philadelphia. First time so. 2008, first championship of any time. I mean, it's not that long ago with the Eagles, but because this city has been so devoid of championships over the last 50 years, you know, it's something special when this team wins. You know, it's special. You know, in Boston, they they had that run where they had the the Patriots, the Red Sox, and the, the Bruins, and even the Celtics. I mean, We've been so devoid of championships that I know people are saying, well, the Eagles won five years ago and, and, and the Phillies won 14 years ago and uh, Sixers won whatever. I mean, it's been so long uh, for consistency's sake that you could actually have, you know, a World Series title, Super Bowl title and an MLS championship within a, a very short period of time, which is absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I don't take it for granted. I think it's amazing. Um, it gives us something to talk about. Um, you know, I, I do sort of feel bad for the union that they're, they're doing this while, you know, mm -hmm. all these other great things are, cause I hate to say besides their fan base, no one could give a shit. Um, but, and that's a shame because, you know, we do talk sports. I feel like we, we don't do the union justice sometimes because let's be honest, the union had been much more successful than the flyers over the last couple of years. And, their coach is amazing. I know he goes out and supports all the other teams. Uh, I wish them the best of luck. I guess their game is what Sunday against uh, uh, LAFC. Um, is that right? I don't even know. You know, you're talking about the, the lack of respect that they give him. We're not even sure when the game is. No, and I mean, it's a shame, like, because no one cares. I mean, because Sunday could potentially be a game seven for this. Right. And, and also, if they somehow win on Thursday, they win these next two games. I think Sunday might even be the parade. So I see. I think that the I think that this the teams in the city are very cognizant of what's going on, and I think that they would the Phillies would not put a parade on Sunday to compete with the Union to pull away from the Union. And uh, simultaneously, I think it's very cool that the Sixers game tonight. I think it starts at six. six. It starts at six and. Yeah. And I know what they were doing was uh, last night they were letting people come to the Wells Fargo Center to 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 watch the, the Phillies game at the bar. How free. cool is that? Yeah, that's awesome. And the Flyers did something similar for game one. They invited people to come and, and we talked about it on the show last week where you could come and get a hot dog and beer. And it opened up like five hours before the game started. And it's interesting. The Sixers have sort of settled themselves. I have been watching. The good thing about the rain out on Monday was I was able to watch the game. They're, they seem like, I mean, they might be salvaging this really bad start. Much better than the Nets. Much yeah. better than the Nets. That Kyrie Irving story, I would love to devote a little bit of time in the future. Not too much today, but it just drives me crazy with this. He, there's something seriously wrong with this person. Yeah. And it's just really frustrating. Really, yeah. really frustrating. That team is a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so the Phillies – are in a great position. Unfortunately, Thursday night, there is going to be a scheduling snafu. 
So how do you, before we transition, because I feel that's where you're going as you're making a transition, because it is going to be a quick show today. Um, they made a good point. The Sixers not having problems with the schedule. They decided to schedule Live Dame for six o'clock. They have a home game against the Wizards. They did the right thing, which was have the six o'clock tip off tonight and then have the Phillies at eight. Yeah. Now, how are you, you predicted the Phillies in how many? I think I said five. Five. Okay. So you, you're feeling pretty. I really was into this whole home field thing and yeah. you predicted the Astros in six. Yeah, correct. Um, so I like to be wrong on things and hopefully I will be very wrong on this. Um, well, you, you have to be wrong. Well, no, I guess, I guess they could. No, win. I do have to be wrong. Don't I? If they won three straight. Yeah, uh, that would be six. That would be six. Okay. Let's be wrong. Let's be wrong. Um, but um Anything that, that like any, any final observations before we go to the Eagles, just in terms of, of what you've seen, whether it's the energy at the ballpark, whether it's, you know, these guys, whether it's Thompson's handling of the bullpen or, uh, you know, the lineup and the guys that are hitting or, uh, you know, I thought it was really interesting last night and you may have missed this as well, but Bryce, after he hit his home run, he calls Boehm over and they showed this on the on yeah, TV he was, and he was whispering something to, to Boehm. And then, you know, Bohm's at bat didn't come that inning. So he went back into the field and he came back. And then I think it was first pitch. He drives to the seats, uh, you know, and, and so the, there was definitely something going on where they were and at post game, they were all like in denial about whether or not the uh, McCullers was tipping his pitches, but it sure seemed like he was tipping something. So, um, you know, I just think this is a fun bunch. It's a close knit bunch. It's interesting. Cause I think back, and I'm going to take a listen back to like our shows, like at the beginning of the baseball season and then midway, because it was been such a roller coaster ride. And even how like frustrated we were with this team in August and uh, you know, how we just said, Hey, if, if, if there's a certain point that you don't deserve to be in the playoffs and if you don't get hot and you don't play and you don't beat the teams you're supposed to beat, it, it's just an, it's enough is enough. And here we are again, as we said this last week, we're on the precipice of a, of a world series potentially a world series championship. And that is that, the West coast road trip with the, uh, with the diamondbacks. And I think it was what the giants where they just played like apps and, and the Cubs where they just, and the Cubs, they got swept shit that we were saying at that point, because I remember it was probably back in August that they really don't deserve to be in the playoffs, even though this was a team that if they got into the playoffs was as dangerous as any other team. I kept talking about the gravy, the gravy, the gravy, the gravy, which is bullshit because gravy is only great when you're not expected to be there and everything is, is sweet and happy. But the reality is when you get into something, you want to win. I mean, right. we don't get into light. We don't do things in life to lose and, and get a per participation trophy, which drives me crazy. Um, we get into win and, and that's why there is no such thing as a moral defeat. Or what is it when they say there's a good defeat? Moral victory? Moral victory is bullshit. Because if you lose, you lose. And, uh, hey, there are 30 teams in baseball. Only only one can win every year. So there are 29 losers every year. And you just got to think about it like that. But not take it personally. And enjoy enjoy the ride. I think, I think they're in a good position. Um, and it should be interesting tonight and Thursday night. I'd like to see them win both of these games. And, Unfortunately for the Eagles, who are the best team in the NFL, hands down, I mean, I would say probably the Eagles in Buffalo right now are the best two teams in football. The Eagles, 
Thursday night game is basically I'm not going to be watching. I'll be watching the Phillies game. I'll probably be checking my phone. Um, it's not a it's not an attractive Thursday night football game anyways. Let's be honest, nationally, no one will watch this game besides people that may be in the Philadelphia area would watch this game. The Texans are putrid. I mean, I think they've won one game this year. Yeah, they've won one game. They are bad. They, Brandon Cooks, their star receiver, was hoping he got traded this this week to, for, uh, you know, when they had the trade deadline hit. Um, they do have a, a really exciting young running back uh, out of Florida, Pierce, who's exceptional, uh, had a really strong year. And, of course, the Eagles lost Big Jordan Davis to a high ankle sprain. And when you're 360 pounds and you you have a high ankle sprain, that's a big injury, you know. Got to lose a little weight probably. So he uh, – he that, that's probably not why he got the sprain, though. I mean, he's, he's played yeah. a lot of weight for – but he he's going to be out for um, at least, I'd say, a month to six weeks with that injury. And uh, they do expect him to come back this, this season, so – Hopefully he does, but you know, the next man up needs to step up. Uh, the, uh, I forget his last, his Tuia Sopa, Tua, whatever his name is, the other defensive tackle needs to step in. I'm, I'm, I'll kind of be surprised if they don't sign another defensive tackle to bolster, um, you know, that their run, run stopping abilities a little bit. Um, Davis having a really great, great year uh, stopping the run and contributing to that. But you know, last week, what you saw was a clinic, man. You saw Jalen Hurts putting on a clinic. I mean, his that some of those passes were the best passes that I've seen him throw. And A.J. Brown, man, just having that type of alpha, true alpha receiver, number one. I mean, that guy changes everything. You know, he. I mean, it doesn't throw it in double coverage. He still came down with it. And, and, and I mean, that guy just makes plays all over the field, and he's so physical. And, uh, you know, it just really is making this whole offense. You know, Miles Sanders having a, a really nice year. Dallas Goddard caught a bunch of passes. Devontae was pretty quiet last week. It seems like it's either AJ or Devontae each week. AJ had um, an amazing game. I mean, incredible. Well, incredible. Three, three t- touchdown receptions. And uh, the, was it Pascal got the other? Yeah, Pascal got another one. Yeah. And uh, I love the way this defense was playing, too. I mean, it looked like Gannon uh, dialed up some unique blitzes. He brought um, Redick. Uh, I think he started um, not on the outside, but on the inside, and then kind of stunted around and came through and absolutely obliterated. Um, uh, who did they? Who did he? Uh, who did he crush? Who was who was the quarterback they were facing? Who, who was it? Penny. Kenny Pickett started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickett. Sorry. Thank you. So I totally had a blank. Uh, yeah, blank. So, I mean, some of the things you're seeing on the defense, they're they're really encouraging and exciting too. And they're getting picks, they're getting sacks, they're getting pressure. So, you know, this is the type of team that that we want. And this is really exciting. And they're playing in the shadows of of the Phillies. But hey man, these guys see what what's going on too at Citizens Bank. And and a lot of these guys haven't experienced that with the Eagles. I mean, yeah, the Eagles are rapid fans, but they haven't experienced a playoff run. We, they, you know, I mean, think about these guys. They, a lot of them haven't. I mean, outside of, you know, maybe Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and uh, Lane Johnson, and maybe Sam Alu, like these guys, they haven't experienced anything like that in Philly. So Avante Maddox, I guess, would be another. But um, 
So they see that, and I, I'm sure that they want the same type of thing. So, Houston, you are in our crosshairs this week, and uh, we're ready to, to, to battle, do battle with you. But I think you're right. Thursday night, I'll probably have maybe a laptop with me and then a, and then the, uh, be watching the Phillies game on the TV. Pathetic. I'm not a big Houston sports fan base guy. Yeah, you said that last week. I remember. See, I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean, so there are three sport community. I know that college football is also predominant in, in Houston, but I mean, you got the Astros, they lost the football team. I know that wasn't really of their own making and then got another team back. And then I guess they've got the, I guess the team that's really been the most successful over their years is the Rockets. Although this Astros team has had a good run here. But I mean, yeah, I think we have a better fan, definitely a more knowledgeable fan base, although maybe I'm just a homer in that respect. Um, certainly, uh, <laughs> when you saw the Houston fans in Minute Maid Park, they weren't booing the Phillies. I don't think they're capable of booing the Phillies, while our Phillies fans are capable of booing the Astros and calling them cheaters. And I'm sure they were, you know, really coming down on little Alex Bregman, who, ugh, um <laughs> Alex Bregman's a Jew, man. I know he well, he's half Jewish, but yeah. Happy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's a happy. But I, I never liked Alex Bregman. I know it goes back to the whole cheating uh scandal and all that stuff. So yeah, only wish nothing but bad things for the Houston Astros <laughs> and the Houston Texans. So yeah, I don't think they the, I know people say that, you know, this is like the Jacksonville game and the, that they're a, uh, this is, uh, what, what would we say this game would be a, uh, a letdown game perhaps because it's a short week. Oh, a trap game. You're, yeah. Trap game, that was the word I was looking for. Um, yeah. I just think the talent levels are so different here. And, and granted it's the NFL where any team can win any day. I just think the Eagles, they might struggle a little bit, but they should win this game. I know they're probably traveling today, which is Wednesday. So they're probably traveling today. Um, so this was really a disruptive short week because I don't know how much practice they got in. Obviously, there were a lot of players that were at the Phillies game last night. So I'm wondering how much practice they were even able to get in this week. But um, if you are going to have a, a, you know, like a short week, at least play the Houston Texans. <laughs> That's fair. Good team to have a short week against. Can you imagine this being like having to go to Dallas or something? That would have been a Disaster. This was a game that, you know, if you're going to lose one game, I know, I mean, and then USA Today had them losing perhaps maybe going 16 and one, the Eagles, because they, they're going to be favored in one of these games. I think the trap game or the game they had them losing was against the Colts, hmm. which I still think it might be the Cowboys. And yeah, I do too. In they, Dallas, I think, I think that's going to be a, uh, a tough game. And I listen, man, I, I, I still think the Giants could present some challenges. I mean, they're playing really solid football. And so I think that these division games, they mean so much. Um, they have know, Washington one more time now, right, at home? They do. They do have Washington. I think actually, I may be wrong, but I think it's either next week or the following. I think it's week 10 um, they play Washington. And uh, Washington. Yeah, they play Green Bay still. So, um you know, that, that, that's that's to play these teams, though. I mean, Green Bay is a mess this year. I mean, yeah. you know, but we've said it. It comes down to playing whoever's on your schedule. I know people, well, you know, they really haven't played anyone. Well, no, they beat a Minnesota team that's 
got the second best record in football right now. And uh, and beat Dallas. <clears throat> Dallas. I know they're going to say, well, Cooper Rush was the quarterback, but they were still playing that Dallas defense. And you know what? They're going to have even extra motivation to beat Dallas going down to Dallas and beating them. Because yep. Dallas has pretty much, I think, owned them the last couple of years in Dallas. So this would be a, you know, a kick-ass game for Nick Sirianni, who's got to be getting coach of the year, I mean, uh, talk. Yeah. Even Sean McDermott have got to be one and two or something for coach of the year. Consideration for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, with, with, with the Eagles, um, we'll see where, where they can take this thing. I mean, you, you hope that they're not peaking too soon and you hope that this talent is, is true as it appears to be. They, the people that talk about their record, they scheduling wise, they've had a harder schedule than both the bills and the chiefs. And last time I checked, I haven't heard people complaining about their, their opponents. So, you know, I mean, I think when you are unblemished, like the Eagles are, people want to, they, they want to dissent, right? They want to be something different. They want to come out and say something that people haven't heard or bring up something that people haven't heard, but this team just keeps winning, man, you know, and they're doing it convincingly and they're doing it, um, you know, every which way they're, they're leaning on their defense. Um, they're leaning on their offense, the run game, the passing game. Uh, so it's, it's been, and this team is, feels like it's really deep to me too, which is, um, which is nice. It feels that that's a huge luxury to be able to have that. And now that the tra- trade deadline's gone, this is, these are the guys that you're going to be going to battle with. Um, you know, now, now they, some of them may get dinged up along the way, but these are the guys you're going to go to battle with. So um, there's a look at records. The NFC East might be the best division in football right now. Right. Yep. The Eagles at seven and oh, I think the Cowboys and Giants both at six and two. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, so, you know, I mean, that's and, they got to be five and two, right? Or they didn't? Oh, no, 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 you're right. I think I uh, didn't think they had a buy yet, but maybe they did. Cowboys are on buy this week, but the Giants are five and two or six and two. Giants are, I think they're also on buy this week, so I think they're five and two as well. Okay, well the Cowboys are six and two because they 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 haven't. Oh, six and two, yeah, yeah, that would make sense because Eagles are seven and zero. Yeah, I think the Giants were six and one before they lost to Seattle. So what it means is that this is the best division in football. I mean, might not be to the eye, but record-wise, got to be the best record in football. I mean, all these other divisions have sort of fallen off. So that argument is sort of out the window too because a division win means more now than maybe last year. So the Eagles went from. <laughs> they went nine and eight last year, right? So they're two games away from winning nine wins this year. That's a great point. Yeah. I, that's, I, I, that's a great point. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting time to be an Eagles fan and, um, no, you know, let's, keep they, let's hope they keep the, the train rolling. And yeah. I mean, what a crazy time just to be, I, I, I know we've said this several times over the past couple of weeks, but it is, it's like, I think it's really important for everyone to step back, take a deep breath and be like, these are unprecedented times in Philly. They really are. I mean, I mean the Phillies again in the world series and hopefully this, this works out, but the Eagles being undefeated seven and zero. And I saw the stat. Did you see that the Eagles, there were three coaches, three Eagles coaches that have, had seven and no records. It was Dick Vermeil, um, or was it four? Oh, Andy Reid and Sirianni. I guess uh, Buddy Ryan never started seven and zero. Never did. And it's interesting. Dick Vermeil started that 
I guess it was the 81 season after the Super Bowl and something happened. I mean, the team collapsed. Well, they had that, didn't, didn't they have a strike in 81? Yeah, it was 82. Oh, okay. Something happened to the Eagles, but I mean. Maybe Keith Krepful got hurt. <laughs> you remember him? Johnny Spagnola? Come on. Johnny Spagnola. But yeah, so, so it's a good time to be a Philly sports fan. Let's not forget the Philadelphia Union. Um, and then it's interesting. Once this all sort of gets together in February, when, when the Eagles do win a Super Bowl too, um, we'll be able to spend more time talking, you know, the Flyers, Sixers. And, yep. And uh, I like that. Put that out in the atmosphere. Eagles win a Super Bowl too. So that you're, you're covering both the Phillies and the Eagles. So I dig that. Parades, dig parades. And then, um, and then we can also hobnob about those Georgia Bulldogs um, who are also, I undefeated and have a big game against Tennessee. And if I'm correct, the ESPN College Game Day crew will be in Athens this weekend. You got it. That's one versus two right there. And I am not feeling super confident as a Georgia Bulldogs fan. I will be completely honest with you people. I am quite nervous about this. Um, I always get nervous. I mean, you were nervous about the Oregon game. Just right. Right. Um, I, you know, how good is Tennessee? I mean, obviously Tennessee has, Tennessee used to lose all these major games. They would always lose these games where they were ranked. And this program has taken what, 20 years to get back to a place of relevancy. Um, yes. Went through a number of coaches, including, I know Vince Dooley passed away this past week. So we do need to put that out there that Vince Dooley died. And because I remember his son was coaching at Tennessee for a short period of time. And David Dooley. Yeah. I'm glad you, you said that because it was uh, on my mind last week when he passed on Friday, right before the uh, Georgia um, thrashing of the Gators and you know, so sad, such a, such a truly a legend. I mean, they named the field for him at Sanford stadium. It's called Dooley field. And I was thinking about this yesterday that it was really cool that I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to win a national title. And he was able to see that too. Um, you know, lived, lived a long life, 90 years old, was surrounded by his family. Uh, have to see his favorite player uh, get elected U S Senator. Oi, oi, oi. Um, but uh, I won't, I won't, I won't touch that. You know, how I feel about, you know how I feel about Herschel. Um, I'm trying to be respectful of Vince, but yeah. you know, Vince Dooley was the first Georgia coach that I ever knew, obviously. And, and yeah. watching TBS growing up as a kid, I, that's how I became a Georgia fan and, you know, had my, my family went there too, but you know, they used to be on TBS on the Saturday games, you know, at 12, 1205 or 1235 um, they used to do the SEC games and Georgia was really good that back then so they were always on and it was easy to, to become for me to become a fan and uh, just remember Vince you know patrolling the sidelines and uh, he was there for for quite a while and uh, before being uh, replaced by who uh, he resigned and became athletic director and then uh, Jim Donnan uh, no 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 sorry Ray Goff stepped in who was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, Ray Goff was awful, and then uh, and that was in the late. I think it was '89. He was replaced. Anyway, so Vince will be missed. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I am nervous about Tennessee this weekend, and it is in Athens. Uh, I cannot go because I have uh, soccer tournaments. But um, you know, this this Hendon Hooker, quarterback for the the Vols. Unfortunate name. <laughs> unfortunate name, but man, the guys he's got he's got 
phenomenal talent. And then Cedric, is he going to be in the draft this year? I don't uh, think so. I think he's got another year before he, uh, is before he yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, and then, uh, you know, Cedric Tillman and they just have, they have some players that uh, are going to, you know, who plays on Tennessee's defense, I think is uh, Jeremiah Trotter's son. No, no, he plays for Clemson. He, he plays for Clemson. I'm sorry. Um, but it's going to be a battle. Tennessee plays with a speed that is reminiscent of uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah. I mean, super, super fast paced team. And, and we haven't really played that a tempo, high tempo team like that. So, um, and then we lost Nolan Smith, one of our best, uh, probably our top returning starter from last year outside of Jalen Carter and Jalen Carter's still not hundred percent. I don't know. Mitchell's still not hundred percent. He hasn't played in four weeks. So we're a little bit banged up. Uh, it is between the hedges. It's going to be electric there, but, uh, I, I gotta be honest, the spread is like nine and, and I'm not just saying this. I would take Tennessee with giving nine points. That's a lot of points. I'm going to take the Bulldogs. With the points, what what's the points again? The sp- points that uh, Tennessee, uh, sorry, the dogs are favored by nine. Yeah, that's a little high. Maybe seven. I yeah, so you that. you take Tennessee on that, then you're saying? Yeah, I, I guess so. Although you know what? So that's these games. What I find interesting is they'll be close, and then you know, look at that Ohio State Penn State game. Um, Ohio State what won by thirteen points, although the game was close the whole game. They, they got an interception late and, 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 and that. So sometimes these games are not really reflective of the final score. It's much closer. And then maybe a team will get a garbage touchdown at the end or careless interception. Another big loss for Penn State. Penn State seems to always lose these Ohio State-Michigan games. They have not been able to win <laughs> any of these games. And uh, tell you, James Franklin, I mean, I'm wondering how this guy got a contract extension. I know college football is a big deal. I know Auburn lost its head coach. Uh, do you know the buyout? I, I know I'm changing the subject a little bit. I think the buyout was $40 million, some absurd amount of money. Or, no, that buyout is what Auburn is paying to their last two ex-coaches. Three coaches with Harson is the third. So, yeah. Um, they're still playing Gus Malzahn. That's, that's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? That's, so. Yeah, and then um, the offensive coordinator from Alabama is going to be uh, Auburn's next coach, so um, Bill O'Brien, who I think was the coach of the Texans, wasn't he at one point? Bill O'Brien was, yeah. And yeah. he so, was the state coach, and then Texans, and then he went up to, I think he was up in New England last year. New England, year. yep. And then he was at Alabama, their OC, so now he's moving to Auburn. Um, I just want to say one other thing for, about the Georgia game, because I, I have it on my mind. I think that Georgia is going to need to be really creative offense offensively and obviously keep that high tempo team off the field and try to mess up their, um, you know, just, just try to mess up their cadence a little bit and getting, getting a stop early, you know, maybe not the first drive or the set, but the second drive, I mean, one of the first two or three, one of the first two drives, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you're going to have to make a big stop if you're Georgia. And um, I think that that momentum could shift. That would be our best hope. And then I think, we have just have to be able to play offense and and put some points on the board. And I think we can do that. So I do think it'll be a high scoring game. I probably take the over for whatever the points are, but um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but. Who does uh, Georgia have left on its schedule after this? Then they play Kentucky. No, sorry. We play Mississippi state and then Kentucky. Mississippi and, state at home or away? Away. And then Kentucky is away. Kentucky's away. And, and then. Georgia, you finish up with Georgia Tech. 
Georgia Tech is over Thanksgiving. I think there may be one more patsy between Georgia Tech and Kentucky, if I'm not, but maybe I'm not calculating correctly. So if they, well, and they have a good chance to sweep these games and they go into that uh, SEC championship game and who's on the other side in the West right now, standings wise? I mean, is Alabama in the West number one? Yeah, Alabama's one. I think Ole Miss is two, but I'm not, don't quote me on that. I'm not Alabama has LSU this week. Uh, I think so. At LSU, if I'm correct. Yeah, but that's I mean, LSU is is a uh, is is not the program they once were. They're not, but I mean they got off to that rough start against Florida State, but they they seem like they've gotten it back in order, even if they're not gonna win this game. So I mean, that would shape up interestingly enough for another rematch, even though this is a whole different Georgia game. If Georgia plays Alabama and you have the histrionics of that SEC championship game, which it's interesting. I mean, I guess they've started to do the playoff rankings already. Yeah, they have. Um, it's Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia. Who's the third team? Fourteen. I mean, the fourth team. I don't think it's Alabama. Well, it, Michigan. It, I mean, it may be Michigan. I saw just today before we got on. Yep. Um, no, I'm double checking one thing, but anyway. Um, one of those right. teams is going to be out because, I mean, the, yep. the, is it? I mean, Ohio State, Michigan, final game of the year is at Columbus, and then who the loser's not getting into the uh, the Big Ten championship. So, I mean, whoever wins the Big Ten championship is probably getting that. Yeah, you know what? I think LSU may be number two in in the West. Okay, so this is a meaningful game, although as you said, you yeah think six versus ten, and and you got three versus one in Georgia and Tennessee because Tennessee jumped Georgia last week, apparently. So interesting. interesting. Yeah. So um, any weekend plans? I mean, it's going to be a, it, this uh, is going to be a crazy next couple of days. I think I'm going to be resting this weekend. I've been working really hard. I do want to send a shout out to my niece Julia, who's running the New York City Marathon on Sunday. So oh, sweet. I just talked to her a couple minutes before we we started. So I wish her the best of luck. I'm sure she'll run all 26.2 miles through all, I guess, five boroughs. I know they start in Staten Island, then they run across the Verrazano Bridge into Brooklyn, and then they run from Brooklyn to Queens, and then Queens to Queens to the Bronx, and then Bronx down to the Manhattan. So I wish her the best of luck. Uh, I'll be watching her on Sundays. On TV, I was going to go up, but I just, I told her I, I'm exhausted. And so we'll be cheering her from afar. I'll be watching, hopefully, won't be watching a game seven or a game six this weekend because it'll mean that the Phillies have won. Okay. Uh, I got a bolt, dude. It's 1.30. Okay. All right. Have Let our music take, it, take us out. Go Phillies!